Hi, hey, hello. This is the 17th episode of Athens Radio, a podcast featuring local bands and musicians from Athens, Georgia, and beyond. And today on the show, we had a good buddy of mine. His name is Colin Manko, and he is a jazz guitarist. Around Athens, he runs a few trios, um, sometimes a duo, sometimes an uno, just himself. Um, And it was nice to kind of pick his brain and know how he feels about kind of the current state of the genre of jazz and what he views his duty as a jazz musician to be when it comes to learning the craft and getting better at the tunes. Um, For me, it was a nice chance to kind of catch up, you know, but I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this one, especially if you're interested in picking up an instrument um, for jazz or any other genre at all. He gives some good tips. So this is Colin Manko on Athens Radio. Are you a business looking to promote? Well, Athens Radio wants to help. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor on Athens Radio, then email AthensPodcastProductions at gmail.com for an affordable way to get your name in front of a local audience. That's AthensPodcastProductions at gmail.com. Hello. Oh, you're going to start it off. You're going to start off the interview, Colin? I didn't realize we were recording. Well, we are uh, We are now. How you doing, man? Doing great. Um, Can I talk to you about this mic real quick? If if you want. Like, check this out. I got this right up in my face <laughs> in order to promote thoracic uh, extension in my thoracic spine. That's actually that's actually nice. I'm kind of hunched over speaking into this thing, and your posture is perfect. Does it look good? Because it feels good. It feels amazing. It looks a little goofy, but oh, really? I bet in a nice suit it would look um, yeah. nice. Was I, was I saying that right? Thoracic? I, I, it feels weird. Buddy, Thor- you are asking the wrong guy. We are here <laughs> with uh, Colin Manko. Um, my name's Grant Cowan. And uh, Colin, Colin is a, your jazz guitarist, man. That's one of the first things I tell people when they ask me about you. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it consumes most of my time for sure. D- yeah, and that's I think that's even a bit of an understatement. Yeah, <laughs> it uh, consumes all my time. Yeah, maybe all all of your time. Um, but you're so you're so freaking good at it. And Thank I remember you. um first time ever really seeing you play jazz guitar oh, was no. uh back in back in high school. Oh, the fresh cut flowers. Yes, uh the ja- uh, the Brookwood High School jazz combo playing at Kroger. Underneath yeah, it was a hot gig. The fresh cut uh flower sign. Yeah. Also, our band was called Fresh Cut Flowers. But for that night and that night only, uh, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, as you drink some water, <sighs> right? <laughs> Stay hydrated. <laughs> Into the microphone. Well, these these interviews get pretty strenuous and exhausting, and you want to make sure that you've got the stamina to make it through That's all right. the way to the end. And it's it's been kind of a funny day because uh, here it is three o'clock, and I haven't I haven't done a lot today. I mean, we went and, we went and got some coffee. Well, yeah, earlier. we got some coffee. We yeah, walked we around uh, a smaller portion of Atlanta. We th- yeah, we and we we talked a little bit. We we got into some, we got into some conversations. Yeah, nice. we we caught up and chatted then, you know, so that we don't have to ask any any personal questions about our relationship. Yeah, there's a bunch the of things that I think that should not be on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> public forums. Yeah, sure. You let me. You let me have it too, man. Like you know, you just you just totally tore into me. Talk, talking um, about people get fat. No, all I'm of, just kidding. All of the things you said. I need to watch my weight. Which, okay, <laughs> sure. No matter what, I guess eat healthily. I think you're at a, a ideal uh, weight. And I'm also. I'm not sure that healthily is a word. It could. It could be if we wanted to. You know, we could make it an adverb. Okay, fine. I. I think it is a word. I, it, it, We'd have to look it up, but you told me no cell phones. Okay, so, <laughs> so let's let's uh, let's go ahead and get let's go ahead and get into this, man. All right, um, let's get into okay, it. Okay, so agreed. You're you're a jazz guitarist, man. Ugh. You you've been playing for how long? About thirteen years. Um. Okay. How how old are you? Twenty five. Twenty five. Thirteen. Which About means twelve. You started when you were twelve. Mm-hmm. Um. What? How does one How does one get into jazz, man? Because most twelve year old guitarists oh, yeah. aren't aren't itching to play. You know some uh, some Pat Metheny or or or, or, or some other greats. You know? Everybody knows I love Pat Metheny. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> which is kind of a joke, but um, yeah. So jazz is even saying the word jazz as a white middle class person is is very strange. Okay, what do you so, what do you mean by that? Well, um, jazz is is inherently like 
uh, a, 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 a black art form and, and uh, it, it, it speaks a lot to uh, a lot of racial inequalities. And well, so, well, so uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep going. That's okay. I, I'm, I'm getting to your question, which is, which is a, a, as a young 12 year old white kid, why did I start playing jazz, mm-hmm. which has nothing to do with m- where I was in life. Um, and the answer is, is because the thing that I love most about music is, um, is exploring and the freedom of um, checking out new sounds and so the music philosophy, music theory, these kind of things. And jazz is a way for me to uh, put those explorations into real, into actual music. Okay, that's like the really artistic answer. And then the twelve-year-old uh, answer was, I just wanted to be like a badass and I I could do competitions as a, if I did jazz, you know, did I listen to jazz when I was 12 year old, a 12 year old white kid? No, no. When did I start actually listening to jazz? Like my first couple of years of college where like I I was going to school as a jazz major. Yeah. But you had to have something that drew you in. You had to have something you loved about it. And when, when, when we met, you know, we met in a jazz combo class. So we were definitely listening to jazz tunes. We were playing jazz songs and emulating jazz music i think emulating is a a good word because i i don't think um it's authentic unless you're um you know i think uh lower class um predominantly um african-american people who come to the music typically and i'm speaking in trends they come to it from uh a love of the music first, or at least a deep immersion in the music first, whereas a, a white middle-class kid is going to come to it from much the way I came to it, much the way you came to it, right, which is right. an academic understanding of what jazz should be mm-hmm. before we actually um, really hear language. It's like, it's like learning about verbs and adverbs before you actually um, uh, have heard English, you know? Okay, studying up the language before actually listening to the language itself knowing how technically it should sound but not yeah. knowing how it theoretically sounds. um and you keep saying you know um middle class white white men like ourselves you know That's contrasting know. that <laughs> contrasting that um you said you said jazz was a, a black art form and i i want to i want to know what you mean by that i want you to talk a little bit more about that yeah um you know i think that white people uh when jazz became institutionalized um and even before then uh white people kind of hijacked jazz as an art form uh and um and and made it more of an an intellectual endeavor um i mean it's it it, obviously it has its roots um in in racism and uh um you know going it it wasn't until maybe the i guess i would say the 40s um uh where west coast jazz started really uh, uh picking up that white musicians started like taking over what was uh, inherently uh, before then uh, a black art form. Hmm. But you're not, you're not saying that it, it, it excludes um, white people from playing jazz. No, but um, I, I think that, you know, it's when, when you, I've met a lot of people who, who come from, who, who grew up around music and they, they absorbed it, you know, through osmosis and through their skin before they started playing it and those yeah. people always sound better to me because what they say on their instrument is way more authentic okay um in my opinion because they hear what they play before they play it where where i struggle with and a lot of uh, uh, uh people i know who who have my same background yeah struggle with uh, a little bit more privileged a little bit more privileged end up when i listen to them play a lot of times and myself play it it, it there, there's some notes in there that like, wow, did you really hear hear that note? Um, because that seemed like a little squirrely, or y- y- you know, and and maybe maybe it's a mess up. But you know, I I want to be honest in, in saying that it wasn't until you know the last two and a half years that I really took it upon myself to start hearing what I what I play before I play it. Gotcha. And I and I realized how behind the ball I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, and I and and so knowing my own experience, um, I I just can't imagine that. Uh, I I imagine that that experience translates to other people. From gotcha. And you're, and you're saying that looking back at jazz historically and in your studies of jazz, you've seen you've seen that divide along kind of a racial line. 
Yeah, and I, I, I can't really speak to um, uh, the, you know, the white music, the white jazz musicians that came up. Obviously, there's a ton of killing ones. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying anything about white jazz musicians necessarily as a whole or anybody in like specifically. I'm not trying to insult anybody. No, but, no. but I, I am just noticing these things. Yeah, and these are things that you, you're thinking about as someone who's becoming more immersed in the yeah. music that you love, in, in the music that I love, and 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 trying to be more authentic, yeah. and trying to and and, uh, and trying to give something back to the world that's meaningful and and authentic, like you said, and authentic. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's a very like heavy, deep uh, thing to jump into right right I, away. At the beginning I feel of this kind interview. of a little weird talking about it too, because like um, you know, racial things are. Um, it, it's kind of uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah, yeah, Espe- especially for like you said, you know, two two middle class white guys. Yeah, exactly. Like ourselves, because what do, what do we know about that? Yeah, we yeah. only know what we've heard. We've only know what we've listened to. You know, and what we, we we you know we haven't we haven't lived it. We haven't lived it. And you're saying that there's some unique authenticism that comes out of of living that, and and it's expressed in the jazz music that was created early on. Yeah, and I'm not even saying that I'm trying to like live that life. I'm just trying to um uh I'm trying to I, I don't really know how to put it into words. I'm just right. I'm trying to uh empathize, I guess. Okay. Um or I'm just trying to understand, really. Yeah. Um and what what I'm getting for you, I guess, is just like you said, honesty, you know, in the music that you're playing, honesty in the jazz that you're writing, um, you're playing. When you when you go to learn a new tune, um, what are you thinking about when you're learning a new jazz song to play or accompany someone behind? Um, yeah, when I'm learning a new jazz tune, um, first of all, I'm, list- I'm thinking about um, the lyrics. I'm trying to um, find like 10 different versions of it. I'm trying to learn the lyrics. I'm trying to internalize the song before I even try to play it on the on the guitar and mm-hmm. then when I do go to learn it on, on the guitar um, I typically try to um, just manifest it out of my soul you know I don't try to look at the music yeah and that, that comes I guess kind of back to honesty because everybody's going to play a song in a little bit of a different way and there is the way that it was intended um, to be written or the original meaning behind it um, but you're saying like when you're learning a new tune it's good to recognize all the different versions and way to play this tune and then yeah because it's something that that i think people um uh of my background um would typically do is they would typically get the real book out and they would typically read the melody and they would read the chords that the melody has right and 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 the issue with with that is i i found as i started playing more professionally and playing gigs with people who've been doing this for a lot longer is that i did not know how to do intros and not know how to take uh endings mm-hmm. uh and these are things that come from the song and there there's no theoretical like ideas really behind it other than like you just have to know the, the jazz language and um so i've found myself uh, you know, listening to a bunch of versions and taking note of of these things, and and, and also, um, like in, in a real book chart, you might have like a a two five one or something. It might say D mm-hmm. minor for a bar, G seven for a bar, and then C major for two bars. Well, those whole two bars are going to be the most boring two bars you've ever heard in jazz <laughs> if you just play right. two five one. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. what needs to happen is you need to have an idea in your ear of where the tune's about to go. And you need to set it up. If it's a surprising place, you need to um, make that known for the saxophonist or the vocalist or whoever you're playing with. Mm-hmm. And these are important things that you don't get expressly taught um, when your teacher's just trying to teach you these are the notes that you play over a D minor seven. These are the notes you play over a G seven. Yeah. So there definitely is a technical side to jazz. There definitely is a study, you know, a study to be learned. There's definitely theory behind that but you're saying for any aspiring jazz musicians out there i guess if you're gonna if you're gonna look at a tune you know and your example you gave was you know a tune from a real book maybe it's it's important to internalize that and understand the tune and not just add another tune to your belt yeah and you're not gonna remember it if you um my alarm's going off my timer go ahead keep going 
Yeah, so you're, um, in my experience, um, if you learn a song by sight reading, you're just learning it by muscle memory. And, mm -hmm. and muscle memory is a product of, of uh, practice. So as soon as you don't practice that song for um, you, you know any number of days while you're learning other songs, it, it'll go by the wayside. But something you never forget is a tune you heard on the radio in the 90s, like, uh, I don't know, like... Uh, Back streets, back. <laughs> All right, like I, I could still sing that, and I could still like yeah, nail well, the notes. Debatable. So, like, well, <laughs> but but the point is, it's in my head, and if if I work on the uh, on my instrument, being able to bring those ideas out of my head rather than working on being a mechanic, yeah, I can uh, have a vast uh, repertoire without even trying. Yeah. Um. And when did you start making that connection? Because I think that's a very important important point. Yeah. Um. I really started making that connection um, maybe about three or four years ago, maybe okay. about three years ago. What um, were you doing? Well, I took a lot of time off the guitar. You know, I went to um, North Texas for a while and I got burned out on music and jazz and, and where I uh, kind of fit into music so and you jazz. So did, you did go to North Texas um, yeah, for I went jazz. To, yeah, I went to North Texas for jazz. Yeah. And then I ended up changing my major while I was there because um, I was just kind of tired of the of the jazz hang. And so I took a couple years off. I ended up going to Athens and I ended up going to UGA and I ended up with a sociology degree and um, jazz started kind of calling my name again. But this time there was no pressure because I wasn't in school for it. Right. There's no one breathing down your neck. No one breathing down my neck except for myself. Right. And, and you're pretty hard on yourself. Yeah, I'm pretty hard on Scared, myself. Yeah. But um, so I, I th this time I approached it way more for... Um, and you know I, I'm always thinking and I'm always thinking um, critically and during those that time off I thought a lot about what music should be and and how it can be fulfilling and um, and kind of basically what I decided is that I wasn't playing um, before I wasn't playing from an honest place mm -hmm. and um, that if I was going to do the mu do this music and and the fact that I had a second like shot at it and I wanted to do it. I was going to do it honestly and no, nobody was like forcing me to get better anytime quick. So I had time to, you know, decide what that meant to me. Yeah. And that's, that's a very valuable, that's something very valuable. I think for any musician, so. you know, especially in, in jazz though, you know, where, like you said, the roots of it come from, you know, maybe a history of, of struggle, you know, and a history of really deep emotions, um, which I, which I think is kind of beautiful, Colin. Um, that's, that's really nice. I want to hear, um, an example of this, man. I want to hear an example of you, uh, playing. So this first tune, uh, you're going to be playing for us. What is it? Uh, I'm going to play a tune called Ain't Misbehaving. Okay. Are you going to sing that one as well? No, I'm not going <laughs> to So this is just, this is your arrangement, right? A jazz guitar arrangement. Yeah. You wrote of, uh, this standard tune, Ain't Misbehaving, you know, known to be done by Fats Waller, Louis Armstrong. Usually a lot of a... Uh... Sarah Vaughn's a good version that I took from. Okay. You, you recommend that one. Yeah. I, um, and uh, yeah, this is one that I, I really learned the lyrics to first and I learned the, uh, I learned how to sing it first and I, and, and I learned how to play it um, away from the, the changes in the real book. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, and, and I like, I like, um, playing the melody as if I was singing it. You know, I think of the lyrics in my head when I'm playing it. Yeah. Um, well, that's great, man. I can't wait to hear this. Um, this is an you know, example of exactly what you were just talking about. So right now we're going to listen to Colin Manko uh, playing his arrangement of Ain't Misbehaving on uh, Athens Radio after a word from our sponsors. Scoop-a-dippy-bop. <laughs> So you've been listening to Athens Radio, and if you've been enjoying Athens Radio, then you can go check out our parent company, Athens Podcast Productions. That's a lot of P's, Podcast Productions, at AthensPodcastProductions.com. You can see our team at APP, view pictures from Athens Radio, and find information about becoming a sponsor on one of our shows. And if you really like Athens Radio, or you just like me, then you can donate to Athens Podcast Productions by going to AthensPodcastProductions.com slash donate. If you leave your name and a brief story upon giving a donation, then we will personally thank you and tell your story during one of our shows. You can donate as little as $1, and all donations will be used to help produce your favorite shows or fund our staff's growing caffeine addiction. Just visit AthensPodcastProductions.com slash donate and share your story.
right, we are back with Colin Manko. That was him playing Ain't Misbehavin' on uh, guitar by yourself. You, here's, some, here's something that is always impressive to me, Colin. What's that? Um, the fact that you can, you can handle playing solo guitar, and you see that a lot with classical guitar. You know, um, oh, yeah. not necessarily, or, or, you know, some rhythm guitar and a vocalist, or someone who can play rhythm guitar and sing. Um, but you're able to make it sound very, very full. A song sound very full, very complete, with just just you and your instrument. No, no words necessary. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's kind of the nature of the um, that that type of playing. I, I like to think uh, this this might be a side tangent, but sure. There, as a as a guitar player and as one that that works as a uh, as a jazz musician, you you find yourself in different situations and the in terms of the types of instruments you're playing with and and, and the mm-hmm. guitar has um it's well it's got a very very long history but the point being that y- you have to play differently in different situations so um p- being able to play solo for me is is kind of a new endeavor and so is playing duo uh with like a vocalist mm-hmm. but these are things that i really love nowadays you know and, and have been loving for the past year or so um but they're very exposed they're very um you know, you have to have good time. You have to be able to play um, big chords, and you have to be able to like maybe play a bass line and yeah. chords at the same time. Well, man, you do. What are you doing? You're playing the melody. You're soloing. You're comping behind yourself. You're doing. Sometimes you're doing throwing in a walking bass line, all all at the same time. You know, obviously not exactly simultaneously, but the way that you're doing it with your timing is it's a very impressive thing and something Thank that you. for a keys player. You know, I've got my left hand. I've got my right hand. Um, that I can play chords with, you know, or walk with my left hand, play the melody with my right hand. There's, there's, uh, it's a little bit easier, you know, to do that on a keyboard or guitar. It's, it's tough, and you do. I, I'm, I'm just impressed. You know, you show a lot of versatility Thank in the you. way that you play. Um, uh, and you know, a lot of that's an illusion too. It's, um, you know, I draw from the different situations I'm in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so as a, as a trio guitarist, I might play the melody. And I might play the chords at the same time. Okay. Um, uh, and as a duo guitarist, I might play the bass line and the chords at the same time. These are things that are practical for the guitar. Right. You're never going to hear me play the bass line, the chords, and the melody really at the same time because <laughs> it's just I don't have three hands. Exactly, you know? yeah. Not yet. <laughs> I mean, not yet. I'm working on that one. Anyway, part of part of your studies. Um, but obviously, I mean, it takes it's got to take a lot of practice um, to get that much versatility. And I want to know kind of what, what a what a day looks like for Colin, a working working jazz musician, you know, um, who practicing is important, right? Yeah, it's you gotta. I mean, the most important thing is having time on your horn or on your axe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or your keys, for any keys player. <laughs> or yeah, or your keys. or your uke. I guess that's a tinier axe. Your ukulele. A- any any axe uh, is a, a, a an axe is just an instrument. You know, yeah. a piccolo could be an axe. Really. Yeah, That's and you take your piccolo to the woodshed. Gonna shred this piccolo. Gonna shred on this piccolo. You're gonna shred on that axe. You're gonna take it to the woodshed. <laughs> um, but what, what is what's your what's your ritual, man? Um, when when you practice, um, so it's uh, I I was kind of exposed to this idea um, of there's your study time and then there's your your make time. Mm-hmm. And at this point in my career, I play um, between four and six nights a week, um, so I, I get plenty of time to to make art. Right. Um, the 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 struggle and, and and what I do on a daily basis is uh, is is making and or is uh, studying. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So I have um, three things that I do every day, and uh, those things are I play bebop melodies. Okay. Very, very slowly. Can you give me some examples uh, of a bebop melody? Yeah, well, just you know, for for our listeners. Um. Yeah, I I do uh, Donnelly. Okay. Um. Today, well, let's see. Today I was working on um Scrapple from the Apple. I was just learning it. This is also a good time Parker for me to tune. to learn um, yeah. uh bebop melodies. Yeah. And work on my sight reading. Um. So I learned that one. I played it at sixty beats per minute. It was just very slow because that song's usually played pretty up. Yeah, and I'm focusing on my posture. I'm focusing on my um, breathing. I'm focusing on um, my accuracy, mm-hmm. and I'm not. Lis- I'm not looking at my hands. I'm um, 
I'm listening to what I'm playing mm -hmm. and I'm just, and I'm uh, judging it from a critical, like, or from a uh, aural point of view, yeah, a sonic point of making view. Making sure you're playing it in time. Making sure I'm playing, yeah. It, I, I'm making sure it's easy, you know? Okay. Um, the reason I did that one at 60 is because I don't want to make any mistakes. As soon as you make a mistake, you're training yourself to make a mistake. Wow. You know? So you want to practice slow enough so that you don't make it. And you want to bring enough, enough focus to it that you don't make any mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and then, you know, I, I just kind of went through the melody and I learned it. And then, so now it's memorized and I'll work on it from here on and try to get it a little faster. But then I went on to Donnelly and I try yeah. to learn these melodies. I try to learn them in all positions of the guitar. Um, the, the guitar is a very difficult instrument. It's not like piano where... Um, Easy. <laughs> no, that's not exactly what I mean. But uh, with uh, with piano, um, between like if you played a C scale between C and C, yeah. it would look the same in every octave. You're correct. But on the guitar, um, that C scale can be played, uh, well, uh, a very large number of ways. Um, but, you know, practically mm -hmm. like maybe 10 different fingerings for it yeah. uh, in two different octaves. So is that number two, uh, figuring different ways to play? There's just still part of number one, taking these bebop tunes. Slowly. Yeah, so I'm still just, this is all stuff I get from the bebop. Sure, I mean, mainly yeah. I'm working on, I, and something that I've found, and I think that has made me a, a better player faster, is that I'm very efficient with my practicing. I'm always working on multiple things at the same time, yeah. and I'm creating a practice schedule that allows me to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, and I'm just going through that very slowly. There's no rush there. I'm just, um, that's simply just to warm myself up. Okay. Um, number two. Yeah. So number two is, um, learning a song, learning a new song. Okay. And I pick those from the ones like when I'm on a gig, people call a song on me that I don't know. I yeah. learn it and I don't spend a lot of time learning. I spend, you know, just a very minimal amount of time learning it. And what I do is I create a playlist, um, for when I'm driving around and stuff. And I, yeah. so I can listen to that song and a bunch of lyrics and things so that while I'm not playing it, it's kind of just festering in yeah. my brain festering or cultivating <laughs> so that way and then so the third thing that i do is yeah. uh is is i draw those songs back out of the ethers and try to do it um from my aural memory yeah rather than uh Looking so at the and, charts yeah and and, that, and that's a big um uh point too is you know i, I learn it just very barely enough to be able to forget it again you know mm -hmm. and, 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 that, and that's kind of purposeful because i want to i want to put it in such a spot where it's in my ear but it's not in my fingers so yeah. i might come back to it a week later and you know i've listened to it a hundred times or and i've you know and i've only played it like a couple but yeah and then the, the goal from there is just to be able to to will it out of um my head so it comes out organically so it comes out organically and there's in, you know, I have certain tricks that I, that I have and stuff like that. Ooh, so it's not, can um, you share? <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, um, the way that I organize the guitar is a lot like the way that Joe Pass organized the guitar, which is that, um, uh, I, I essentially have these voicings that I use yeah. and then everything else that I do comes out of those like voicings i guess yeah um that's just how i situate um you know yeah where everything playing, is yeah. on the guitar and the second part the second part of what you said to your collins three steps of uh practicing it, it had to do a lot with listening you know which i think that's yeah. something we can we can push right very well, confidently and, and that's not like the, i don't consider that part of my practice okay but uh, i do i drive a lot nowadays and yeah. i always make congratulations playlists, you know <laughs> I, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I do i do a lot of listening to the same tune over and over again and then mm -hmm. i try to listen to like uh, albums for enjoyment yeah. as well so let's 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 simplify this if we can so step one uh when, you, when, you're, when you're starting to practice warming up play tunes you know but play them play them diligently play them slowly and, and I like the bebop stuff because it's um, you're working on getting language into your playing. That's true because there's a lot of that in the bebop style of jazz. Exactly. I mean that's that is the language. Mm -hmm. And then step two, pick up a new tune and and just just initially just play through it, right? Yeah. Just learn the song, you know, and then just get it in your ear. Yeah, and then spend time learn l then spend time learning that tune, listening to that tune, 
listening to different examples and of forget that song. it forget the forget the um the charts the chords yeah forget the the chords forget the charts just, you know okay just get that song in your ear and then the third song is the third step excuse me is trying to replicate that yeah like weeks later mm-hmm. and, and this is you've forgotten this it. is this cycle um that you go through consistently i do it every day yourself a better jazz musician and, and then i i do every day i do work on some other stuff like this like i said that's my study time that's what i do every day um the the majority of my time from from then is i work on like my quote-unquote like system the way that i like set up my guitar mm-hmm. at, uh, and 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 separate it and putting new stuff into my playing new sounds right and um uh and and then another thing that I do is work on scales and interval structures. And um, so there is the theory, the theory element. Yeah, of that you do take some time for. That's um, and there's a reason why I do it last, okay. which is yeah. that I I don't want to put the most emphasis on it. Yeah. But um, I do find that. Uh, so what I'm doing is I'm taking sounds that I've kind of theorized and mm-hmm. I'm putting them into my my head. Yeah. So that later um when i'm in a situation on a tune i can hopefully maybe hear that sound and bring it back out right um which speaks to i think your versatility as a guitarist and and lends itself to the versatility of anybody who's trying to play music so um we have musicians out there um who might want to get better at jazz or any art form you know but the idea of practicing you know or approaching is such a daunting task because maybe they haven't really experienced it you know or, or lived in that lived in that art form a bit you know when they when they play or they haven't heard it, or they're not around people who love that music but they're certainly interested uh, what's something you you can say to kind of encourage them towards that make it a little bit less of a daunting task to break yeah, into yeah um you know i i talk about you know the all this like i'm i'm, I'm so critical and i'm so um you know, like methodical. That's mm-hmm. that's something that I enjoy doing, though. That's right. Uh, I, I love that, and that's always I found that that's what drew me to the instrument in the first place is 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 the theory, and the um the organization of it, and so people like they shouldn't try to replicate what I do just because it may or may not work for me. Right. Um. You know, Pat Martino is a, is a big influence on me, and uh, something he said that I really love is that you should. Um, do what you love with music. And I'm paraphrasing because he talks about joy in music and he considers the guitar his favorite toy. Mm. And, um, you know, if you're just spending time on your instrument um, trying to get better, you're going to get better. So that's, that's, that's the most important thing is just initially just spend time with the instrument. Yeah, and I mean, you have to, I think you have to uh, approach it from a place of honesty. Right. And, um you know and just not have an ego about it because as soon as you start competing with other other people um you you're uh you're going to rely on things like technique and and chops um Mm -hmm. which are in my opinion um a detriment to uh having a fulfilling musical process interesting interesting and so they sit down play the instrument listen to jazz you know because in, in, my, in my opinion that's a very important part you know don't want to undersell that that's important to immerse yourself in in the tunes um and then once you start finding yourself getting better at the instrument or finding yourself enjoying it more then switch over to some more diligent areas of of study is that what you're saying yeah, yeah i think you'll find those places naturally that's okay i mean uh, um if, if you're a, a person who thinks critically about their art mm-hmm. um then, I mean, first of all, that says that you want to be further anyways. If you're just doing it for the enjoyment of it anyway, who cares if you're good, you know? Yeah. But if 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 naturally you start to be like, oh, this I played this sloppily, you know, I got to clean that up. You, that's, I mean, that, it's going to steamroll and you're going to get better. Okay. Okay. So another push to let it come organically. You just yeah. got to spend time. You just have to put the time in figuring out how that's going to happen. I mean, you only have like. one one life, you know. Don't don't like don't sit in a dark room unless you love it, you know. Yeah. Don't don't play music unless you love it. There's enough musicians out there. Wow. Yeah. No, that's that's great. I can appreciate that, Colin. And that's that's something I found. That, you know, I, I I when I took that time off my instrument, um, I realized that I I, re- I really do love music, and mm-hmm. it, and it is kind of all consuming for me. 
Um, but uh, for me, I found that to be the, the way that I, I choose to, yeah. to be and exist. And the, the problems I had with it in the past were due to, um, uh, me dealing with ego and, and me competing with people. Yeah. Um, when, when it's, it's really a, uh, you know, just a, a beautiful thing that you should just try to get the most fulfillment of it that you can. Well, man, I want to hear, um, I want to hear another example. Uh, of this yeah. with your playing, uh, this next tune we're gonna hear is one you wrote, correct? Yeah, it's one I wrote. Would you would you classify it as a jazz tune? Uh, this one is. Um, th- this was back uh, a long time ago when I was in uh, more searching for theoretical kind of things. Okay, I, I I do really like how this one turned out. Sure, it's um it's it's about a girl actually, <laughs> and the the name of the song is the name of the girl so i don't know if i could uh say uh, i probably will uh, say the title what is it but um, what's the title well well, let me tell you about it first real quick okay okay so it was this girl that i met um uh she came to georgia she lived in um florida and well maybe i shouldn't tell the story because if i say the name yeah yeah (laughs) okay don't how about this i'd rather what what let's make up a name to call it for the podcast because i want to hear the story um uh pam yeah. Okay. Great. Pam. Um, the name of this tune, for labeling purposes of the podcast, will be Pam, uh, which is an acronym for Pretty Awesome Music. And uh, <laughs> now you're gonna now you're gonna tell us this story real quickly before we hear this tune. You know. Yeah. We were um, maybe 15, Sweet. and uh, I don't know. That could have been live. I really have no gauge of reference. <laughs> but we uh, we ended up having uh, we were both staying at a, a friend's house, sort of or whatever, and. Um, uh, I was like, hey, you want to go uh, walk with me down to the, the dock? And it was just us. And we walked down to the dock. Wow. And we shared a, a, a nice little uh, nice little kiss. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, I, I come to find out when I moved to North Texas that this girl um, was living in North Texas. Uh, and, you know, she was from Florida at the time, and I'm, I'm from Georgia. So it was just kind of a, a really random wow. thing. So I, like, looked her up, and I was like, oh, my God. You know, because I was in love with this girl <laughs> at, at the time. <laughs> you and, knew. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I, I looked her up, and I, I tried to, like, you know, hang out with her. And she didn't want anything to do with me. And oh. I, I, um, apparently, like, that was, like, a, a really, um, like, she felt a lot of guilt about sharing that, that kiss with me. Oh, no. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I could make myself uh, feel better about what it was, but that that's pretty much the crux of it. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and this tune, this tune came out of that? Y- yeah, yeah okay. exactly. So this is in double, quadruple quotation marks, the song Pam, <laughs> uh, written by Colin Manko. And we're going to listen to that right now after a word from our sponsors. Hey, if you are enjoying Athens Radio and local content, or you're just tired of hearing my voice, then be sure to check out Between the Headlines. It's a podcast for local news, talk, and entertainment around Athens, Georgia. If you're too busy to actually sit down and read a local newspaper, then you can catch up on all your local news while driving in your car, working out at the gym, mowing the lawn, or anytime by listening to Between the Headlines. You'll hear in-depth discussion about the biggest stories in Athens and enjoy informative interviews with politicians, entertainers, and community members. You can find Between the Headlines on iTunes or go to soundcloud.com backslash Between the Headlines.
<laughs> so um, that was a uh, that was a that was a good one, Colin. Um, uh, that was um, that song we just listened to. That was Pam. Uh, Pam, kind of, not actually Pam. Um, go see Colin Manko live if you want to know the actual name of that tune. You're playing or just you like, play, like ask me for uh, four to six nights a week. Yeah, I'm playing four to six nights, which a week. is almost an entire week. Um, yeah, I'm playing a lot. Some would say, and uh, man, thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing that tune with us. Thanks for playing it. Um, yeah. I'm Grant Cowan. This is Athens Radio. Just want to get that out there. And our guest is Colin Manko, um, who's a very accomplished jazz musician around uh, around town. Because you do um, you do play in Athens a good bit as well, right? You, you're kind of living yeah. in Atlanta now, but I live in Atlanta. I take more gigs in Atlanta now, but um, I, I play. I have a couple studies in Athens. Yeah, and um, what, what are some of the places you play in Athens, and um, how often are you playing there, just so people listening can come see you? Yeah, I, I play every Tuesday at Creature Comforts. Okay, which is a local brewery. Yeah, local brewery, and I play every other Thursday at um, uh, High Wire. Yeah, and you do that with a vocalist. I do that with a vocalist, yeah. Um, what's his name? His name is uh, Greg Robbins. Yeah, he's got a he's got a very uh, classic classically jazz. Yeah, voice. Yeah, he uh, came out of the Frank Sinatra school for sure, but he's <laughs> he's um, checking out a bunch of stuff now. Yeah, yeah, and he's got he's got a good voice, and it's kind of fun to watch the two of you work. Thanks. Yeah, because it's a duo, and I was mentioning before that the duo stuff is way different. You know, so I'm playing bass lines, so I'm playing chords, so I'm yeah. playing trying to play everything at once. And that creature comfort gig that is a um, that's it, a trio. It's right? either a trio or a quartet, and oh, with wow. the quartet, it's a uh, it's a horn player, but. I'm trying to um I'm trying to get that with a vocalist as well. Mm-hmm. So you've built up you've built up your chops. You know you've built you built up playing jazz. Whoever's listening has started learning jazz guitar right now because they loved your playing so much. Thanks. And um, they feel like they're good. They want to start getting some income from this. Uh, how how are they going to go about it? How do you reach out to to venues as a jazz musician and say, hey, let me let me play? How do you break into that the field? Yeah, I mean, it just depends on what you're going for. Um, I am a sideman, so people call me to play with their group generally. Okay. Um, and I uh, don't really do anything on the business side of things except for show up and uh, get paid. Yeah. And uh, in terms of things that I book myself, um, I just, it's always just some weird connection that, that I have. But okay. I, then I also have to say that I, I'm not like a great i don't have a lot of business acumen you know um i just uh i mean i do this because it's a way for me to make money and support my like habit of playing uh Which you guitar all the time yeah yeah do you remember the first the first kind of gig you reached out and, and organized on your own as a jazz musician um I, honestly i don't think that i've really reached out mm-hmm. um and too much other than i've just been in situations and and like uh like hinder shots is a great one i love playing at hinder shots yeah seth Hendershot has a, a lot of really good stuff happening there <laughs> You're, that's like well, the, the fifth person in a row to talk about seth oh, really? on this show yeah um well i don't, I don't want to be like i don't want to follow in anybody's footsteps so too late. x all that out <laughs> seth Hendershots is an okay guy yeah but he you know he's he's doing great things for the, the athens scene and mm-hmm. um i uh you know i i have I, I i i'm friendly with him and uh you know when i've been around him sometimes i'll ask him if i can put together a show and he always it's always okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh you know he treats musicians well um but but if someone's looking to play more music out, um, they're looking to meet other jazz musicians. Yeah, you gotta go to sessions. You gotta go to jam sessions, and you gotta get your butt kicked. You're gonna get your butt kicked, and it's gonna hurt, and that's just the way that it happens. Yeah, and what do you mean by that? Okay, so this is what's gonna happen. You're gonna get up on the bandstand, right? And you're gonna have some crotchety old man on the bandstand. He okay. Might, he might be sitting on the drums, and he's gonna be like, "Hey, man, you do uh, you do watch what happens," and you're gonna be like. No, I've, I've literally never heard of that song before. <laughs> and then he's going to be like, hmm. all right, do you do, uh, <laughs> he's going to start off with all these deep cuts and then he's going to start going to he's gonna the vibe easier you a little tunes. Bit. He's going to be like, you, you do there, uh, there will never be another you. And you, you better be like, you better be like, yes. Otherwise he's going to be like, mm, no, no, no. And so you, <laughs> by the time he gets to something that you, uh, he's going to be like, all right, all right, what do you, what, what do you play? Uh, and, and you're you're gonna be like, uh, well, I, like I play Stella by Starlight, straight no chaser, and I yeah, I play straight no chaser, and uh, he's gonna be like, hmm. <laughs> all right, on, 
two, one. And yeah, then yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going to be like, one, two, one, two, three, four. He's going to take Stella, <laughs> gonna, yeah, Stella up. Yeah, and you're going to be like, oh, well, I've never played it that fast. And you're going to sound, you're going to sound bad. And you're going to know you sound bad, but they're also going to tell you you sound bad. Oh my gosh. And they're going to tell you why you sound bad. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like that. I like that because like, I'm always getting feedback. I, it's like I'm getting a lesson without paying for it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. always, people are always telling me what I need to work on. Yeah. I just, want, I just wanted to see who would break first. It was me in that silence. No, it was you. I, um, so I didn't even you're think about get, it. No, you're going um, to get your butt kicked, and people are going to tell you you're not great initially. Um, <laughs> it if, sounds kind of sadistic. Good, yeah. It, it's, it's, it, that, that's, it's like the jazz tradition, I think. But it's a, part of, it's a part of letting that ego go, you know, like you were saying earlier. That's you for sure. You don't want to let your ego kind of get in the way of your advancement. That, that's that's one thing that I've always been able to do. Um, let me pat myself on the back real quick yeah. about not about not having an ego, but about like for me the most important thing is learning. So mm-hmm. you know, I, if somebody wants to be crotchety with me, but they're going to teach me something in the process, I'm just not going to have hard feelings about it. I, I and that's learn. good. I, mean, I think that's a good approach to take. The idea of that I'm going to get better um, and prove this person wrong as opposed to, oh, they don't like me. There's something wrong with them. I'm not doing this anymore because then you're just going to get stuck. You're just going to stop. Yeah. I mean, um, you got to take, in my opinion, anyway, you got to take the like personal stuff out of um, like learning about music. Um, Maybe not the music making. I Mm -hmm. think that can be very, very personal, but yeah, you, I mean, it, yeah, you, you, you can't feel bad about somebody teaching you something. Otherwise, you're not going to learn. No, and it's different. It's different, you know, from as being an instrumentalist and, and playing instrumental stuff with a group um, and just picking it up as opposed to being a singer-songwriter going out and performing your own stuff with your own band because you're going to have friends who come to that. You're going to have friends who are telling you, you know, they're going to be supporting you. They're going to say, you did good, you know, good for you getting up on stage. When you're doing jazz, uh, you, it is a little bit more critical. People are going to be listening to it a little bit more critically. Yeah, I mean, because you you are you're messing with something that's very serious. It's a it's a tradition. It's an it's an art form. Um, like mm-hmm. we were talking about before, that yeah. um, is is very heavy um, art form, and um, people want you to approach it the correct way. It, it's sort of blasphemous to kind of play jazz in a in a half cocked kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I can I can respect, man. And I'm sure a lot of other musicians you play with respect that as well. Have you noticed anything uh, different in, in the way jazz is received in Athens as opposed to Atlanta? You know what it's like getting jobs in either city? Yeah, definitely. Um, Athens is um, a lot more lenient in terms of uh, kind of things I was just talking about. Yeah. Um, the, the, the people who are heavy on the Athens scene are very, very nice people. Yeah. And they... Um, uh, you, you know, it's such a, a small scene in terms of jazz that it's way more encouraging. Yeah. And people aren't typically going to tell you the the reasons that you need to get better. And and from my perspective, I, I don't I don't like to tell anybody, you know, things that they're bad at because I don't really feel like I'm in a place to, to judge them. Right. At, le- at least now I, I do do that with uh, with Grant, though. Yeah, <laughs> no, call it, you, you bust you bust me. Uh, you bust my chops. all the We, time, we have a, a special relationship. Though. Well, I can say this. This is like a, a little sweet connection that I think you and I share is that when I first started playing jazz, when I met you as a 16 year old in high school, we're in the same jazz combo class. Man, you did not let up on me. You wouldn't let me get away Sorry, man. with anything cheesy. But here's the thing is uh, it didn't discourage me from playing jazz. It made me want to get better. And because I wanted to get better, I spent the time trying to get better. And uh, I think a lot of where my where my chops come from when it comes to jazz, and I definitely still have a long way to go, um, start start right there, you know, with you giving me a hard time. Yeah, man. Um, I'm glad you say that. But, but And it's the same thing. That's the way that I was. And maybe that's just what I knew. Um, mm-hmm. But that was the way that I learned, too. You know, it was people giving me a, a hard time. Yeah. And, and I think and that there there is something to be said about that is a part of the tradition. I don't know why, but that is a part of the tradition. Yeah. Um. Well, in Atlanta, they're going to be a little bit harder on you. Is that? Is that... Yeah, they're going to be a lot harder on you. Uh, they're going to call a lot more. Uh, it, it's a tune learning competition in Atlanta. Like the, the people who are respected the most generally know the no- most tunes. It's not unheard of for somebody to know like more than a thousand tunes in Atlanta. Yeah. And, you know, whereas like, you know, uh, in Athens, it's uh, most of the people playing jazz, myself included, have a lot of other things going on. Um, yeah. and, uh, it, it's, it, it, the, the tune rep is, is, is a little less. Yeah. And, um, 
before we go, um, before we end this interview, and I, I've been loving this interview, man. Oh yeah. Um, hmm. Do you, do you want to do a song together? Um, let's do a song bit? together. Okay. Um, I want to ask you another question, but let's decide on the tune. Do you want to do? Uh, let's see. It could happen to you. Um, we could just pose in. Uh, it could happen to you. It, yeah. It it doesn't doesn't matter. I think okay. I know what key you do it in. I think I picked it out before. Sure. Wonderful, man. And um, before we go, I want to know, man, what what you're looking for when you're making jazz music, why you spend this time studying. You said you <laughs> love it, you know, but what? let's go a little bit deeper. What's the core of that? What are you tr- aiming to be? What are you aiming to do co- as Colin Manko? Um, uh, you know, I, I have this just this insane vision, you know, and I, I want I want it. I want to be able to hear what somebody is doing, you mm-hmm. know, in a live situation. And I want to be able to uh, uh, accompany them like perfectly accordingly according to the tradition but I also want to have like a crazy arsenal of ways that I can do that mm-hmm. so I'm talking about high register stuff low register stuff uh, different colors and I want to be very drastic um, with my approaches uh, and I want uh, like almost like kamikaze style mm-hmm. like accompaniment but just perfect so yeah. if you hear bands like punch brothers oh, i love the punch brothers sure yeah it's the kind of stuff that they're doing but i want to be able to do that um in, in a very improvisational uh, mm-hmm. manner and are, are you doing this are you doing this for you know to be the best are you doing it for the love of the art form you're doing it because you're you're hardwired this way and, and, and you can't be doing it any other way what i think a lot of it's being hardwired but i, I have done you are. Yeah. i've done a lot of uh soul searching in terms of what art does for other people Mm -hmm. and i think um that it's uh i I think that my music is a product of where i came from which is like we've said uh, white middle class and um and i uh, approached it with a very um perfectionistic perfectionistic kind of mentality and i think that that's still in my music and um i think that people who are younger than me that might be getting into jazz just like I was might hear hear my music and um it might be the door that opens music to them and and I made this point to you earlier that um music does save people and it's not in the way that you would think but when people start to check out these kinds of music I'm not talking about Taylor Swift who I really love but right, I'm right, not right. talking about her and like that kind of music I'm talking about like very um organic music mm-hmm. i guess um they 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 check it out and then they're in a, surrounded in a, a, a by a world of people who you know think oh yeah we shouldn't all carry guns and we shouldn't all like hate all muslim people you right. know and things like this things that are it's a very generally very peaceful it's a people. Sh- it was a shared love that you can enjoy regardless of ethnicity regardless of sexual orientation it's yeah it, it, it's, it's a shared love a common love that's going to bring people together and, and you said that you find that in jazz, um, um, in in a really organic creative art form in any, yeah. Anyway, I just think um, that the people who are listening to jazz and the people who are listening to um, any kind of uh, genre that's like jazz, like bluegrass, um, for example, yeah. Um, and the people who are listening to that are going to be, on average, less intense than your like. Uh, super rich like one percenters who uh <laughs> might be out to destroy the world oh okay that's that a very <laughs> a very personal uh affection of colin manko slipping through the cracks yeah, but we got go. it out of you which is which is <laughs> nice um all right well dude hey I'm, I'm ready to do this tune if you are um yeah we'll find out i think we're gonna do it, it could never be another you is that the one we decided it- you know, it could happen to you. <laughs> it could never be another you. Let's combine every jet. <laughs> Stella by Stella stars by, that fell over Alabama. St- uh, Stella by Skylark. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we're going to do this Jazz tune. humor. Um, and we're going to hear that right now on Athens Radio. But Colin Manko, thanks for doing the interview, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, I was forced to be here. <laughs> and I had a good time. Thank you. from size lock your dreams at night it could happen to you don't count stars or you might stumble 
someone drops a sigh in down you tumble keep an eye on spring run when church bells ring it could happen to you all i did was wonder how your arms might be to me I'm gonna scat da 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 So that was Colin Minko on Athens Radio. And I don't think we said this at all during the podcast, but he is available uh, for hire. He does have a Squarespace page. That's Colin, C-O-L-I-N, and then Minko, M-A-N-K-O. And he's very professional, always does a great job. Um, and hopefully you got from, from the podcast that he takes this very, very seriously. So uh, you definitely don't have to worry about that if you hire him out for a gig. Certainly worth it. If you'd like to hear more Athens Radio, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or listen to us on soundcloud.com slash Athens Radio. If you're a musician or you know any musicians who would like to be featured on the show, you can just email me, Grant Cowan, at grantcowanmusic at gmail.com. Well, that's our show. We'll be back next week with a new band and a new story on an all-new episode of Athens Radio.